Strasbaran con Langarina, ut podcast erunz radunda et bena o schinder utramavra. Welcome to Con Langer, the podcast about constructed languages and the people who create them. I'm George Corley. With me down the roadways is William Annis. Hello. And over in Wisconsin Dells, we have a special guest today, Cecil Garvin. Oh. And Cecil is on here today because we are finally going to do um, an episode featuring um, a natural language that I have been learning and Cecil has generously been uh, teaching me and a few others uh, the, that language is Ho-Chunk um, Cecil is a um, a Ho-Chunk elder and uh, a warrior and, uh, and he's a native speaker and Cecil there's only a few hundred native speakers of Ho-Chunk left right? Yeah I believe we're down below 200 right now mm-hmm of first, first language speakers. Mm-hmm. But there's currently a big revitalization effort. Um, so Ho-Chunk is a Siouan language, and it's from this this area of Wisconsin. And so, and currently, it's spoken uh, mostly in Wisconsin. And there's a few people on the. Winnebago Reservation in Nebraska, right? Yes, the reservation in Nebraska has a couple, two, at least two speakers left, but they have a huge um, language revitalization program going. Yeah, that's separate from what the Ho Trunks are doing in Wisconsin. And uh, just you know, to say, uh, the the Ho Trunk in Wisconsin don't live in a reservation, right? You live on land that the tribe owns. Yes, uh, the trust lands that were allotted to Ho-Chunk families a few hundred years ago, mm-hmm. some of those still remain. And then, of course, we have purchased land, uh, which is under our ownership, and it's also put into trust with the federal government. So it's trust land. Okay. So just a little bit of background for uh, for people. Uh, we're going to get a little into... Uh, talking about the language now a little bit more. The before I uh, we talk about um, about the 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 language itself. Uh, there's one more thing I want to uh, make clear about. Um, we are gonna post um, our main source for this is a book that um, Cecil wrote with Irene Hartman. Uh, that's uh, basically an instructional book about Ho-Chunk. One thing is, you'll see that in all the examples, the names are either English names or they're these birth order names, right? The, that they're, they're names that mean firstborn son, secondborn son, firstborn daughter, secondborn daughter. And that's because um, Ho-Chunk names are a little bit, are sort of uh, private. And, you know, you don't, Share someone's ho truck name unless they 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 want you to, right, Cecil? Yeah, those are the 
given names by the clans, uh, the elders, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, when the child is born, you are the firstborn son or the firstborn daughter of your, your dad or your mom. It's the names that you're identified by until you receive your own name, culture name. Right. But otherwise, we have English names on our birth certificates, so that's the most common. I was just bringing that up um, because, uh, you know, Ho-Trunk names, you know, it's it's up to an individual whether they're going to share that. Uh, And so all of the examples, because those are so culturally relevant, don't use the Ho-Trunk names. They just used English names or or birth order names just to give you an example with a name. So that's an interesting note to 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 have there um so can we dive into the language itself yes let me introduce just a little bit about um we won't focus much on phonology but just to go over it okay ho-chunk as um it has nasalized vowels three of the vowels can be nasalized e ah um it's got um ejectives both stops and fricatives um it's um there's an interesting thing in that there is a distinction in stops the the a p and b distinction we we have um the the book calls it voicing which is you know useful for learners i'm not exactly sure what phonetically the distinction is but the interesting thing is that you don't have a distinction in um, in the alveolar. The, there's there's just the plain duh. So, like in the the word for lake is day. Um, so that's a that's a gap that you don't see that often. But it's not a a, a huge thing. And again, there there are ejective stops p a t a k a, and there are ejective fricatives s a sh a h a. But the first thing that I want to talk about, Cecil, you still there? Yep, got it. Yeah, um, and Cecil, I, I, we'll, we'll want to spend a lot of time on this and ask you a bunch of questions because um, one of the more interesting like features that we have, the, uh, the more interesting features in Ho Chunk is the this positional system. So there are you distinguish three positionals: de uh, for standing, nunk for uh, sitting, and unk or unk uk for either lying down or moving horizontally. And yes. So, so that can be marked on. Those can be attached to verbs. So, um, like uh, if I'm asking Cecil, I know that Cecil is sitting down. If I'm asking, like even if I'm asking, how are you doing? Like. He's Cecil. When I ask you how are you doing, it's right. I say uh, Johnny Skishinunk. Right, that's right. Right now, I would say that to you. Uh, yes, but if, I am. if you were standing, it would be Johnny Skiraje. You're right. Right. Um, and then that that Johnny Ske, that's second person how, uh, which is but um, so it's marked on verbs. It's also marked uh, in certain demonstratives. So if I'm saying that uh, that 
something or this something. There's there's one thing that marks the positional, and then one thing that marks um, the um, the 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 like the um, close or far away. So if I'm saying uh, the word for horse is shunkhede, which is literally big dog. Um, if I, if I ha- see a so- horse that's standing and I'm saying this horse is shunkhede jane for this standing horse. And then if it's far away, it's shunkhede jega. But if it's, um, the horse is lying down, horses, horses will lie down sometimes, right? So you'd have, um, shunkhede ankre, is that right? Yep. Shunkhede akre or shunkhede ankre for lying down. And then one that's far away, you'd have shunkhede anka. So can we pause a moment and talk about one relevant thing in the Suan languages? Mm-hmm. Is, is George is saying that J is the standing positional, but sometimes you hear it as ja. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's there's metaphony. Right, you have the a a switcheroo. Is that what's going on here, or is this a different phonetic process? Yeah, that's that's um, that's a a metaphony. So that's another thing is that certain it's usually certain suffixes can trigger metaphony in certain words or certain morphemes, right? Uh, that are a and then become a. Um, another. Example of that is uh, the word for to bury, right? Um, um, if you add, like, um, if you're saying we we buried something, it's what hachawi. Uh, uh, is that right? That's yeah. right. Hachawi. So that the that we in this case is triggering triggering the metaphony. I don't know. Like, it seems like it's something that happened historically and it's not totally clear like why this particular change to me but yeah the those are that is that is also an example of that a to a change uh, uh, you also remember it's also it goes from the singular plural sometimes mm-hmm. yeah there's there's a lot of things that can trigger that um moving on so um so the other thing about the positionals is that uh, when when you use them on a verb, uh, you have the person agreement on both the verb and on the positional. Like the the positionals, they come from verbs and they take the same kinds of marking as verbs. So um, for for an example, if I'm talking about I am playing. And I'm standing, like I'm playing soccer, and I say I, I'm I'm playing with the standing position. It's hashkachaje. Uh, yeah. Um, and then if I'm talking to someone else, and I say you singular are playing something standing, it's rashkachraje. So right. in this case, um, in this case, you have actually the same. You can see, okay, the that ra. Is second person on scotch, and it's also second person on the J. Uh, if it's a third person, like he or she is, uh, you know, playing something, then it's it's just scotch uh, J, right? 
You're right. Yeah, you don't you don't have any marking, but the the thing is that the verb and the positional both have that agreement. So, uh, you know, that's that's an interesting thing. And uh, so we won't get too much into this, but verbs fall into different classes into what how their agreement is marked, um, and the positionals also fall into different of the classes. So the J takes ra for second person. Um, the uh, ra, but um, the uh, nunk and unk, uk, the the standing and the sitting and the lying down positionals uh, happen to take uh, sh. So it's um, uh, shanunk and shunk. Um, but um, the where it gets interesting, and this is where, like, I, Cecil, I want you to, I want to ask you a bunch of questions about it because you have your intuitions about this stuff. Uh, first mm-hmm. of all, with inanimate objects, right, which positional you use kind of depends a lot on the shape of the object, right? It can, it can definitely. Mm, right. The length, the um, the longer. Objects can be standing or lying down, but the problem is it can also be sitting on the wall. Um, talking about a picture, depending on which way it's, it's put on the wall, etc. But yeah, uh, the shape of things, um, like um, like a car is always lying down, right? Always lying down. It's it's a long lengthwise. I think that's why it's that way. It's lengthwise, and you um, mm-hmm. park it inside garage it's lying down it's on the street sitting it's lying down so yeah it, the car is lying down but so a car is lying down if you have a like a pencil it can be standing up or lying down based on where it's how it's positioned whether it's like leaning up on something or, yes or or laying flat on the table but yes. like things that are sort of uniform in shape like a ball is just always sitting right sitting yep um, but you know, there are <laughs> some of them will say that the ball can be standing. Uh, again, it, it would have to be perception. And if two people, uh, not necessarily disagree, but each would, um, be looking at a ball saying, oh, there it is. It's, 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 it's set over there. There it is. Um, well, okay. Again, that would depend on the shape, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, what you can do with. Yeah, and you you mentioned that pictures usually are sitting if they're hanging on a wall. Sitting, set on the wall. Mm-hmm. Right. Although I but think if it's, you, you explained to us that sometimes you might you might use the other ones in certain cases. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, if it's lengthwise and if it's standing upright, um, people are going to refer to it as it's standing there. There it is, standing right there. Um, so. Uh, it's a perception again, and two two viewpoints can be expressed, and there's really no issue with that because they're focused on the same object or same item. So it's just in applications. But yeah, primarily, um, if it's long, it can be lying down or it can be standing up. Yeah, and I think we 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 always like to ask you all kinds of questions about oh, what about somebody like that's floating in the water or floating in the <laughs> or something like that. And, right. 
it, it gets complicated when you when you try to think of the edge cases. Yeah, but floating in the water, it's it's, it's a lying down position for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, floating, our word for floating is kihaha akshana, akshana lying down position. Mm-hmm. It's floating, regardless of what it is. It's it's floating and then it's it's a lying down position. Mm-hmm. So going downstream, what maybe it's because it's moving, right? Are these required on all verbs or just particular verbs, or when are these used? Any object, anytime you refer to an object, you're going to indicate positionals. Wow, unless okay. It, unless it's plural, then it's just combined, and there are no positionals when you talk about plural items. Yeah. Um, I think you said, like, specifically the marking on the verb, it's usually in, like, like a present tense or, like, a, like a, that, that you have to have the positional, right? Or... If it if the verb ends with a positional j nunk unk that is present tense. Okay. Without without the positional, it's past tense. Right. If so it's going to be a future tense, we we have suffixes for that. Right. You have the for j. future. Yeah. Um, yeah. J and a markers. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Another uh quick thing is um. One thing I noticed is the, with the verb chi to live, like this, this is to live in a place, right? Yes. Um, uh, that always just takes j. Like if I if I'm saying I live in Madison, it's it's dejop regi hachiaje. Dejop is the ho trunk word for Madison, right? Uh, which is just four lakes. Then the the regi means here, and then hachiaje. So so first person, I live standing, right? You don't. Yeah, you don't... Uh, I I currently reside in in Madison. Right. A chat. Mm-hmm. Um, let me throw another loop at you then. <laughs> if 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 old man is just sitting around in the old wigwam and um, indicating that this is the region that I'm living, this is my home, I live here, Hachinakshana. He wouldn't be wrong by saying "Egi Hachi Nakshan." I live here, sitting position. So, um, yeah, again, perception comes in. Okay. It's, again, so I guess there's always. Ex- it's like by default you use J in that for that particular verb, but you can use the the nunk in in certain circumstances. I guess, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I mean the the that that was I I, I could be. I, I I'm just making sure I'm not misunderstanding what you taught me. <laughs> oh yeah, no no that's well again any language you're going to throw exceptions in there, but I just thought I'd tell you that. But yeah, yeah. Where, where does he live? Mm-hmm. We would always you we would be saying where does he live? Yeah, we don't know wheelbar you know uh, wheelchair bound or not doesn't matter you know but. If somebody knew that on the phone, that's when you start using those positionals. Just perception on, on, a, on a mind of a person talking. So, but yeah, well, the neutral ones, a change of chi, J, a change of chi, not with plural. That's, I think we missed a little bit of the last thing you said. No, I just mentioned the plural. But, uh, yeah, where do right, right. That? So, um, third person plural. All of the those those positionals become knock. Uh, right, right. Um, or 
I R E on the end, E D. Uh, yeah, you can. So you can do either knock or do like jaire. Ide, chide. Yeah, they jump into chide. Oh, okay. So you can you can you can not do the positional in that case then. Right. Okay. So yeah, there's there's if you have a positional, it's always going to be like a present tense verb, but it's uh it can be a little bit tricky. They're not always required in some cases. Um, I want to talk uh very briefly about um verbs. Um, so. For transitive verbs, you can mark both um, subject and object. And in both cases, like the third person marking is zero, uh, I think. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So if if, if, if you are doing something to multiple, that's when you add the wa on the front, right? So that's, that's plural. Mm-hmm. Um, so third person singular is, is no marking. And then, um, we have mentioned, um, you know, some of the ones that go with the, the subject is the hara, uh, for some verbs, for other verbs, you have the, the sha, um, and then you have object marking with, uh, what knee is, knee is, uh, to me, right? Me, first person is an object. Is that right? No, no. Ni is a second person. Oh, uh, he, right? He is he, first. H-I, yeah, H-I or E with a nasal right. he is first person, me. Which he. can get confusing because also first person inclusive is he. <laughs> right. Um, but um, the, the thing I want to mention, though, is... Uh, you have active and inactive verbs, and basically the agreement that they take may be the same as what you do for the subject of an, a a transitive verb, or a uh, or for the object of a transitive verb. So, um, uh, see, so I don't know. You, this uh, I'm just gonna. For for our audience, they're familiar with the linguistics term a split S system. That seems to be what Ho Trunk is to me. Is that um, different verbs and usually the ones that will take the like the he and ni are things like um, that have like adjective meanings, right? Or or like are not things you're actively doing, right? Um, <laughs> No, it can be can be doing the actively um, involved the but, knee and the he. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm thinking like uh, p, right? The p, uh, the the word for good, right? Gets yeah. You say he p. Uh, I'm good. Yeah, he p nunctiona. Um, right. Uh, so I, I mean, it might be uh, a little varied, but. Um, there is that division with the two. And um, you might be able to see that with, with uh, stuff that we're going to link to, which which verbs tend to do that. Um, uh, the other thing is that number seems to be sort of separated from person a little bit. So, like, if you have a verb that is first or second person and you have a uh, you have more than one on one side of it, then uh, you're going to 
at, attach we to the end. Uh, and then for third person, you put ire. So for that first and second person, you already will have ha or ra or sha, whatever, on the verb. But then you add that we at the end. And um, if I'm if I understand it right, Cecil, uh, uh, the we can refer to either subject or object, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right there. We just makes it plural, but it can um, defer that that wa is makes the object plural items. Yeah, for, that's for, for third person, right? Um, but for but the we for first or second person, like uh, I'm trying to think, um, what's a good transitive verb? See, yeah. Um, how would I how would I say I saw I saw you uh, I saw you all I saw you all Hanichawi for ni is you Hacha is there Hanichat I see you we you're right it can be I saw you all no Hanichawi we saw you so it we can all be, saw you. It can I be, saw you. Yeah, so it can be we saw you, or it can see be I saw y'all, or we saw y'all, right? It just means that one of those one of those is is plural. So that's an interesting thing, is that you've got this plural marker that applies to whatever. Um yeah, that's I mean Ho Chunk is not the only language that does this. This this pops this pops up in languages around the world from time to time where number is marked on the verb, but it simply says one of the argument one or more of the arguments is plural, and it right context will let you know right um, what should go where. Well, well, and that's good to know. I, I I'm just saying like this is an example of it, and we're yeah. talking about ho trunk now. But yeah, so that's a, an interesting uh, note. Um, William, did you want to talk to any of your about any of your stuff before we get into interesting uh like words? Uh sure. I just uh Ho Chunk is modestly prefixing, it looks like. Mm-hmm. And lots of prefixes run into each other and then simplify. Right. Um a big a lot of that comes from just disappearing h's right you get an an h that gets deleted and that is responsible for a lot of like prefixes just sort of coalescing like um so uh to uh to know is hiperes uh in that case the ha gets infixed in so but instead of getting he ha peres that in internal internal H gets deleted and you get ya peres. Um, so, uh, that's just one example. There's, uh, uh, Cecil could probably come up with examples of all kinds of cases where it's just the, the H, usually the H in, in ha gets deleted and, and you'd get some, some long vowel somewhere instead of, instead of like discrete things. Another one is, that looks like there's an instrumental applicative gi. Uh-huh. So one of the examples, just like um, to break one's own something or other, the karagi turns into karai or karai or something like that. I'm not pronouncing it right. It's just a, a bunch of things happen at the front. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just I just thought that was interesting. Um, with names, 
they have a, a, a suffix ga unless you're talking to the person. So it's kind right. of like it's like the opposite of evocative. Like um, what hinoga? That's uh, I don't know. Uh, like yeah, if if you you're referring to someone, you add ga to the name. Um, uh, hino hinogae hinu said. Uh, so uh, right. Um, so. Th- that that is that is another interesting thing that I found. It's just sort of a a small thing. Um, Cecil, you still there? Yeah. If you refer to yourself, you also on um, ga. Right. It's any time you have a name, right? Yeah. Unless you the only time you're not using it is when you're talking to a person. Right. Like even if you're saying my name is something, like I I say George Gahingaire. Yes, right. whatever they say about you, whatever they yeah. call you. Yeah, so so that ga, only if you are directly addressing someone, you don't have the ga. So, and that that applies both to, like, given names, Ho-Trunk names or English names, or to the birth order names. Uh, right. right. So it's just, it's just anything that you consider a proper name. Um. Uh, you you want to ask Cecil about these? The you you said it looks like the key reflexive, right? The key meaning yourself can also refer to one's own stuff, right? So let me see if I can find the example. So in the nice big document full of verbs, the Ho Chunk verbs page, um, they have page thirteen, um, honey. G to bring, and they had the, one of the example sentences on page thirteen is "I brought the pie for myself." Uh huh. So sometimes these things with key refer to doing it to yourself, like hitting yourself on the leg is one of the other examples. But it can also be a, kind of an auto benefactive. You're doing it for your own self or your own children or things like that. This is another thing that pops up in the Suan languages and is pretty interested. So. You know, the same inf- the same uh, affix can refer to I see myself, like in a mirror or something, or I taught my own children, or this, I, I brought the pie for myself. Um, so it can refer not only to yourself, but things that are associated with you somehow or belong to you. Yeah. Cecil, are we right, right on that? Um, that's to oneself, key, you're, you're right. But uh, you're also going to run into that kara and kuru. Kara is one's own item. To, um, I brought my own tools. Hakarani. Um, but if it um, key comes in, if it's for me, not my own is kara. Okay, for me, for me. But is that my but can, can you personally? Use, you can't use key for like family members of yourself or something. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you can. Um, it's kind of a terms of an endearment for for someone too, for your child and for my son, mm-hmm. that you can use that too. Okay, but that's oh. when I cut it. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, but sometimes they're both connected, actually, cut out and key. But depending on what you bring, you're talking about. But key is, and then if you use key twice, remember it's to each other. Key, key. Right. Right. So that's a, that's an interesting thing. I think people can read a little bit about that. Um, uh, 
Anything else in there? I think you talked about the that benefactive, William. Right. It's just the since we'll be sharing some of the documentation, people can go look themselves. But the verbs do a lot, as is often the case in the native languages of North America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, if we could, if we want to move on, I just want to talk the last thing, and this will be interesting because. Um, Cecil, one thing that's going on right now is um, this month a lot of people are making up words for their languages, right? Uh, okay. So I, I, I want to talk a little about, about a bit about ho chunk words because um, there's there's well th- let's let's sort of go over a few things that can be you know interesting to people, maybe a little bit of inspiration, but. Uh, um, First of all, the like the kinship terms. If you can talk to us about like, okay, you have, for example, all of your father's brothers are can all be called Jaji, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. mm, uh, and our yeah, our kinship system you're talking about. Yeah, the, like yeah. Yeah. Well, I use that as an example to start with. Is my dad? All of his brothers are my dads. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at that, you spread out with all of his brothers that I'm talking about and, and who they're related to. How many how many brothers do they have in that in that regard? Mm-hmm. And then on the mother's on the mother's side, it's also the same thing. My mother's sisters are my mothers. Mm-hmm. So there there we have. Go back to my dad's. My dad will have uh, six six brothers, and they all have kids, of course. So their kids are all my brothers. The male, the male side will be my brothers. On the other side, the same holds true with the females. The my mother's uh, sisters are my mothers. So that family spreads out immediately that way. But that's how our our families are, are connected. Um, so if we're talking about brothers and your dad's brothers, you talk, you start talking about other grandparents, chokas, grandmas. And it's kind of it's kind of strange in a way, but there are younger uh, females on 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 the female side that are my grandmothers, and they are very much younger than I am. So uh, all that falls falls into that. And um, in the olden days, our our people kept track kept track of that as to who who we're related to. Uh, we have no cousins, of course. Everybody is either a nephew or a niece or an aunt or an uncle besides parents. So, and that's how we just uh, view each other in that way. I have a lot of brothers running around. Every every place I go to our communities, somebody will call me either a choka or, or a brother or um, even a dad. So, um, of course, now I'm at an age where I don't know the young people anymore. I simply have to respond because they must know who they, what they're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, that's our kinship system. Yeah, yeah. and that's and that still holds today with with yeah. our with our. And you can differentiate if you want to, right? Like, um, your father's brothers who are older than your brother are Jajihide, right? Big big father, yeah. and then you have Jaji, the big dad, little yeah. little father. So yeah, and the younger ones, right? Yeah. So uh, the you can you can. Uh, you can differentiate things like that, but it's interesting to, you know, 
O-Trunks have lots of fathers and lots of mothers and... and Brothers and sisters. Yeah, lots... Nice, big family and uh, and grandmothers yeah. that are younger than you. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah so that, that makes it kind of interesting when they, when you start figuring out who's who. And uh, some sometimes they try to figure them in through marriages, and then it gets complicated. So, uh, <laughs> oh, really? That, yeah. Today we don't. Today we don't have to worry too much about the clanship mingling. Um, that's pretty well defined as to who we are. So, uh, beyond that, um, nowadays some people don't, or some of our tribal members aren't involved in that. As far as figuring kinship, so they just simply say they're ho junk and that's it. So. It's kind of, I think all cultures do that. Things um, change. Yeah. Uh, another thing I was going to bring up just quickly, I've mentioned this before. Uh, I don't know. William, maybe you've seen a language that's, that has more, but this is, this, Ho-Trunk is the, lang, uh, the, has the longest single digit numbers that I've seen in any, any language. The word for one is Hijankira. Which is literally actually only one, because the hija can be used by itself as like an article. And then the word for nine is hijanki chushkuni. <laughs> you want me to tell you about that one? Yeah, yeah. Explain it for us. Well, hijanki chushkuni is hija comes from the first part of number one. Hijankira. Hija means I, like article A. Um, and then the key hijanki. Comes from that hijankida, but it doesn't go to kida, which means only. So hijanki, I'm kind of pointing at number one, and then chushkuni means zero, none. Chushkuni means no have. What that number nine is is that is lacking one number to reach ten. Kedapana hijan is one ten, eight ten, and that that's our dozen. But we don't have a twelve for a dozen. We, our dozen is ten. But that nine is missing one from getting to that point ten. So that's what he, that's why it's called Hijankichunskuni, minus one from ten. But uh, yeah, that is a long number. People have a, a problem pronouncing that when we throw it at them, especially when we say the word nineteen. Yeah. That ashna, the ashna get ashna gets added on with the H till yeah. it becomes Hijankichunskuni ashna, right? That's it. You got it. You're pretty good. No, no, no. The worst one would be um, uh, 99. Because what you yes. have to say. You got it. Yeah, that's 99. Oh, yeah, now I know I know what I messed up. I, just so William knows the correct way to say those. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so that's 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 just a little thing. The but the thing is, um, so more broadly, uh, I I want to point out one thing. And if you look at like the the glossaries in the in the book that we're gonna to share and and stuff, you'll see one thing is that Ho Chunk doesn't have a lot of loan words. Um, uh, and this is um, like even. You know, it, different Native American languages do things a little differently, and I think there was even uh, a, uh, a Lakota storyteller that came to class one time, right? And you, you two were talking, and it was sort of surprising how 
Lakota sometimes would have words that they borrowed from European languages. I think the like the thing that you pointed out was uh, pusina means cat in Lakota. In in Ho Chunk, it's huijunk, uh, right? Junk. Yeah, which is a native word for like a, a wild cat. So right. even compared to some other related languages, you don't do a whole lot of uh, borrowing. But uh, talk to talk to us a little bit about like when when the Ho Chunks met the Europeans. We have a lot of you know, descriptive terms that come out that uh, they don't, they don't call us by what we call ourselves. They call us different things. Well, yeah, I think some of the other tribes of the Sioux tribes are the same way. It's that um, the Sioux people call a uh, white man long knives because of the swords, mm-hmm. but we call that um, big knives. Of course you delete the H and you got my So uh, we have that, um, Cars, the horseless carriage, whenever that was observed, uh, the name of Wajandide stuck for cars. We still use that today. Wajandide just simply means something moving, something mm-hmm. that's moving, trying to describe you know, the horseless carriage when there were no more horses pulling the, uh, the wagon. The wagon was on its own. Mm-hmm. Talking about an automobile. Um, there are a lot of words like that that are pretty, really descriptive. We're still doing it. Um, a pie, pie. We we learn how to make pies. Rokuju, is inside. Kuju is to put put inside. So you're putting stuff inside that pie when you make the pie. Rokuju. Well, more recently they were asking around, what we have? What can? What do we have for pizza? Well, that's a rokuju paras, a flat pie. So <laughs> uh, yeah, and we have, um, so that that's still there are a lot of words like that that are very destructive. Uh, what's the uh, word? What's the word for phone. cell phone? Um, no, that's idokite. Any kind of phone is idokite. E is your mouth. Idokite is to speak with, to talk to somebody with. Idokite is a is a telephone, regardless if it's a cell phone or okay, a home um, landline. Uh, I, two words that I really like uh, for modern things. Uh, you have hokiwaga hikaka kok. So. <laughs> Uh, moving picture box. Hokiwaga is picture. Hikaka is moving, and then kok box. Yeah. And then the yeah, word Hokiwaga. Hmm? Hmm? Yeah. That key. That key is in there from Hokiwaga. Wagah is to write something or to draw something. Wagah, right? Mm-hmm. Ho is the category of. We'll find that out in a lot of things. Ho sni and ho this and ho that. Hokiwaga. Is to draw oneself would be that hokiwaga is a picture. So hokiwaga is a picture. Hichkachka is a picture that's moving. So that's hokiwaga. Hichkachka. Then you add the box to it. It's a TV. Um, yeah. Oh, but, descriptive. But, but my favorite one is the word for computer, though. Wakanja we bochachashkok. Right? Is that right? We, yeah, yeah. For for typewriters, it started out with the clicking of the keys. We chachash. Chachash is a noise. Chash is yeah. a tapping noise. So we chachash. This sound. Yeah. So then that wakanja is lightning, which means electricity to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so wakanja we chachash. Coke is 
looked like a box, so there it is, a Coke again. Electric <laughs> computer. I yeah, like it to, continued. Yeah. I like to translate that as electric clicky clacky box. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly what it is. Which is what it is. Um, yes. The But um, moving back, so you mentioned Maichade. Uh, um, do you have terms for, like, various, like, European groups that are that are interesting um uh i think um the 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 word for spanish people is is resi poroporo right meaning yeah. round tongue for the the ra. trill sound the ra and then no, rolling rolling uh yeah round yeah, tongue yeah um and um uh you i remember you said something about the french you described them as having like black robes right I guess they were referring to the priests that they saw, the French priests that came, Jesuit priests, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where it began. Uh, yeah, black blankets would be why. Except is a black spirit. So that's that's kind of how they refer to them as religious people. And that, I think I was referring to the Jesuit priests, etc. And then, uh, of course, the Irish Apparently, when the Irish were contacted or were were around, um, they couldn't speak English very good. Um, so that's what they called them. can't speak good. Uh, the Chinese or Orientals is ishakidujik, stretched face. That's again descriptive. But today, that still that still holds for all the nationalities. Yeah. German. Hmm? Germans what? No, Germans are dagri, dagri, mm-hmm. um, made up from some other combined words. Right? There's really no specific meaning to that. Yeah. So there are some some interesting things. The sort of you know you saw something in the the those the the people where you, where when you encountered them and you you came up with some description. Right. The train. The train is another example. When you look down on the train, the early days. The smokestack was in front of the locomotive, and that's what was powering that train on the tracks. Well, that smoke was pouring out of the front of that smokestack, so obviously there's a fire in there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the first word that comes out is pech hawajan, pushing a fire. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah, these, yeah, anytime you encounter some utterly new thing, and it doesn't matter who it is, you have to come up with terms to do it, and we're used to vocabulary that describes function, but different people decide to go with appearance um, or, you know, some association of the first time you see it. It's just, yeah. If you're not going to borrow words, you have to come up with some other way to do it. <laughs> yeah. And we already mentioned, you know, uh, like a lot of other native American languages, the, the word for um, horse is just big dog. Right. Yes. Um, and uh, I remember you mentioned this uh, to us: is um, riding a horse. You just say shunk haminak. Shunk ham. No, it's shunk haminak, right? Yep. Shunk haminak. Shunk is a horse. Shunk haminak is to ride a horse. Yeah, but you're just using the the part that means dog because nobody right. rides a rides a dog. <laughs> Four legged creature. Yep. Yeah. Um. So. I don't know. Is there anything else anyone wants to talk about? No. Okay. Cecil, did you have any other things you'd like to, to share with us? 
Um, no, no. I, I would still want to thank thank you for bringing up a lot of things that I have to consider and incorporate into my instructional methods, etc. That's where I got a lot of my ideas from the university bunch. Well, thank and you for continue. thank you for being willing to teach teach us, and thank you for being on the show with us. And you know, uh, I I was very happy to to have you on. Um, uh, uh, so uh, I I we will also be linking to um the Ho Chunk Wazita Hachi uh, language division. That's the 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 people who are working on the Ho Chunk language in um uh for the tribe in Wisconsin uh and um and uh I see so you said so you said we can we can post your your book on our our website right uh Ho Chunk Hin Tech Chawi yeah that's you know that's not really my my book in a sense I helped out with it Elaine Hartman is the one that um, put that together and right I simply assisted where I could with it and a, a lot of people helped um, provided information that's in there so she would be the one and she, I don't think she had a problem with us using it at all so in fact that's what it was designed for well, I, 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 I can I can contact her before I post it just to make sure sure yeah but um, when you do see that uh, uh, if we do get that up on the site do you know, keep in mind that this that book is an instructional book, and it's meant mainly to teach Ho Chunk people Ho Chunk. Uh, you know, I mean, we yeah. use it in the class with you know me and other Maghede, but you know, it has it has lessons like what clan are you? Well, I'm not a clan, right? So All right, yeah. So uh, that's no. I, uh, hmm? If you need to get a hold of uh, Irene. She's at the uh, Max Planck Institute, so you yeah. can find her there. Yeah, uh, maybe I'll, I'll I'll shoot her an email just before I post this. But um, uh, thank you a bunch for um, being on the show. Yep, thank you for coming on. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, that's all right. good. We'll Do it. we'll let you get to. We won't want to take up too much of your time. We'll we'll let Back you get on to. The... <laughs> all right. Yeah, we'll let you get to whatever you need to do. So. Um, uh, honey chakje. Uh, and uh, to all of our listeners, honey chakjawi and happy conlanging. Thank you for listening to Conlangery. You can find our archives and show notes at conlangery.com. You can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash conlangery. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus and on Tumblr now. All of those you just find conlangery. Our web space is provided by the Language Creation Society. Our theme music is by Null Device. And our new site was designed by Bianca Richards.